welcome to the Wellness and Chill podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Schultz, certified nutrition coach specializing in helping women gain muscle, take care of their gut health, and gain confidence along the way. Each episode, I'll be discussing wellness topics ranging from nutrition, fitness, mental health, and how we can all work to get closer to our authentic selves. I might even bring on a few special guests along the way. Thanks for taking the time to listen today, and I can't wait to get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Wellness and Chill podcast. I'm honestly so excited for today's episode because I am joined by my boss and friend, Nastasia Ponomarenko. She is truly a multifaceted woman who has dabbled in the influencing world, fitness world, and is also a three-time business owner and CEO. She is truly a huge inspiration to me when it comes to all things entrepreneurship and fitness. So, Nastasia, before we get into the episode, would you like to just introduce yourself? Maybe tell us what you do and how you're feeling today. Yes. Thank you. That was such a kind <laughs> intro. I appreciate you a lot. Um, so, my name is Nastasia. I am the founder of Core Circle, a social fitness app. Uh, so, we launched, I think, in a late September of last year, somewhere around there. Uh, We were doing really well. And it's just exciting to build businesses in a place that you're so passionate in. So that's where I'm at currently in my life, basically just doing startup founder stuff uh, for my entire days. uh, And I wouldn't be doing anything else. Actually, there are a couple of things that I'd be spending more time on, but but, uh, all good things. And I, I love what I do genuinely. So Thanks for the intro. I appreciate the kindness. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Entrepreneurship can take up a whole lot of your time. But like you said, you know, when it's something that you're passionate about, it's not even that much work, I guess you can say, because you really do enjoy everything you do. Um, But that does bring me to my first question. Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or is it something that you sort of just discovered along the way? I mean, of course, right out of a, I came out of the womb, I screamed yeah. entrepreneurship. Like, it, of course that happened. Um, so, well, let's see. Um, I think when I was a senior in high school, that's when I wanted to build my own business. And I mean, at that time it was for superficial reasons. I think um, this was Nasty Fit, by the way, the fitness apparel brand. Um, and by the way, when I reflect on it, like you were there for Nasty Fit. You were there for Connectful. You are, you are there for Core Circle. So it's so crazy how like all three things you have involvement in. Like that's really freaking cool. Um, so so first of all, thank you for for you. Um, but anyways, uh, the entrepreneurship. Right, right, right. So um, I think it came to a point where I wanted to have something that belonged to me. And at that point, the sensible option was fitness apparel. And then the second thing was, this was around the time where Gymshark was really popping off and, uh, everybody, not everybody, but, uh, they had their whole like Gymshark athlete ambassadors, right. Coming up, getting involved. And I was like, why am I not getting asked by Gymshark? Like, I want to be a part of this movement too. And because I had no kind of, because they never reached out to me, I was like, well, screw you guys. I'm just going to create my own thing. So It was just a mixture of certain desires and it led me to my first apparel brand, but it took me about a year to get that really going. And I think um, one of the things that 
gave me that push because in the very beginning days of Nasty Fit, like we didn't have any custom branded, I guess, um, not custom branded, but like custom designed apparel. It was just the basics. And then um, I saw another uh, female entrepreneur really kicking it with her apparel brand. So I was like, I need to step my game up. And then I hired an apparel designer. We got the ball rolling there, obviously made more sales and, and just made it a lot better. So I think entrepreneurship is both, there are certain traits that somebody has internally and externally, just like you learn and go throughout the way. Um, environment matters a lot too. Like me being an entrepreneur today is so much different than when I was 18 years old. It's, it's a very large difference, especially in the sector I'm in. Um, but that's a little bit more about my starting journey, I guess. So no, it's not something that I've always wanted to do simply because the word entrepreneurship just wasn't really in my family. Um, it was just naturally something that happened because of wanting to own my own thing and somebody not reaching out to me for, for sponsorship, I guess. Um, but I've always liked creating things when I was younger. I mean, in middle school, I did some DIY phone case stuff. So I always <laughs> had some sort of creativity um, in me and I tried selling that, but just didn't go well. Um, yeah. No, I honestly remember doing the same thing. I was making mm. phone cases and trying to sell them on like eBay, but like you, yes. no success. <laughs> and like looking back now at those phone cases, I'm like, well, no wonder why no one bought them. But <laughs> hey, 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 me too. Me too. I kind of had trouble selling them as well. And yeah. uh, what kind did you make? Is it like, is it called Deco Den or, or what kind of phone cases? No, like I would honestly just buy like white, plain white phone cases on like Amazon. And then I was also sort of into like nail design at the time. Ooh. And I did like marble nail art, which I don't know if you're familiar. It's like you uh, drop, yes, I am. yeah, I am. you like drop the nail polish in like water and it makes like these designs. So mm. I tried doing that like on a phone case and then I put like pearls and like other yes. little gems, but mm -hmm. like they weren't good. <laughs> wow, that trying. is so cool. And this was you in middle school, right? Yeah, yeah, that was probably middle school. That's awesome. I also had, yeah, I mean, kind of similar. I never did a marble print though, but what I would do is I'd buy clear phone cases and then I would put this sort of like, like some sort of foaming white glue. Um, okay. it, it, it's kind of like whipped cream, like, except obviously once it, uh, what's the right word? Uh, you know how glue, once it like starts. Yeah. Like solidifies sort starts of solidifying. Thank you. That is the, that is the science term. Once <laughs> it starts solidifying, it's like just, just white and hard. And so I, I, before it got there, I'd put cabochons on top. So they're like little resin kind of one could be hello kitty. One could be something else that's cute. Um, and I'd put them on the phone case and it would be like blinged out as well. I put sparkles on there. It was so much fun. I'll show you them after this call, how they look. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I'll have to try to find some of mine too. I think they're like the earliest photos on my iPhone. So hopefully I could dig them up. <laughs> love it. Love it. But I noticed like one thing that I definitely admire like the most about you is that you have like this confidence about you when it comes to sort of going all in on these business ventures. Like when you sort of have an idea or a goal, you go all in full throttle, like 100%. And I was wondering, like, can you sort of pinpoint where that confidence comes from? Um, let's see, the, the confidence to go all in something. Is that it, right? That's the yeah. question, to go all in into a business yes. venture. Um, well, 
actually, that is interesting. Like, why did I not go half in into Core Circle, you know, or or anything else I've done? Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say it's confidence in that regard, um, but let's see. I mean, you also have to, I guess, keep in mind that, uh, I mean, I don't do anything else other than startup stuff. So it's right. kind of makes sense that I'd go all into something, but there have been kind of things I wanted to start where I completely like half-assed it. For example, uh, this was 2019 and I was working on Nasty Fit, of course, at the time. And then I wanted to make more money. So that was my only incentive here to start a kind of online subscription uh, where people could pay monthly to get access to um, some workouts and some um, I guess self-improvement talks that I would do, which is bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> I, I did something like that and it only lasted for about like one or two months just because it fizzled out really quickly. There was no greater motive other than making a bit more money and it just required a lot of work. And I just, it was kind of something that just, I had the idea is kind of a weak idea and it fizzled out. Um, the website was called daily success, by the way, <laughs> I bought out the domain name daily success. I think I probably still have it, but um, yeah, so that was an example of something that I had and like very much so fizzled out. Um, when I had the idea of Core Circle and even Connectville, it just was something that moved me so deeply that I just began spending all my time on it. That's what happens to a lot of startup founders when they don't have any other responsibilities. Like, for example, I dropped out of school within two days, so I don't have right. that kind of responsibility of spending my time there. Um, and so it's very natural. Um, and of course, it, yeah, if something that you love to do, um, you will, if you have the means to do it, you will spend most of your days doing it. It's kind of like an artist, any great artist, not just like a painter, but just somebody who is an artist by nature is a great one. Think about like a Serena Williams type, right? The yeah. tennis player. I'm sure she put in a ton, like most of her days went to tennis and if not playing tennis, like strategizing, thinking about it, watching other great players. It's just something that happens when you want to get to the top and have a thing that you're passionate about or um, yeah, you're just a, an artist in a way and you want to spend your time on doing whatever you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but do you ever like feel, I guess, fear maybe when making these huge business decisions, like say when you sort of transitioned over from nasty fit to core circle, was there ever like fear of maybe letting one go to fully go all in on a new idea you have? <laughs> okay. The analogy I just had in my head with like letting go nasty fit is like, let's say that I was in a 20 year long relationship, right? I was married. Right. And like the guy that I was with was like, so annoying. Like the last couple <laughs> of years or so, like the past year, like just been really messing up. I've been thinking about divorce, like on yeah. and off, on and off. And then one day I finally pulled the trigger and filed the divorce papers. Like that was kind of the feeling that I have with uh, nasty fit that like, right. it wasn't a, it wasn't a overnight thing. It was just a, a gradual thing of like, Oh, I don't want to work on this is not making me fulfilled. And then boom, I got the divorce papers filed. <laughs> um, just kidding. But, um, well, no, I personally didn't have any fear simply because it just didn't make sense to have fear because, I think overall, I'm very secure in my future, yeah. knowing that like, I just have this 
weird belief in myself that whatever happens, I'll be fine. So if I let go of something that makes money now, that doesn't mean that like I have, I believe that I will make even more money in the long term. Yeah. So it's just like just this weird, deep belief in oneself. Um, so it like really doesn't matter what happens right now. I just know in the future, everything will be fine and I will be well on my way to wherever I want to go. That's absolutely amazing, to be honest, because I know a lot of people I think do struggle with that is, and maybe that is sort of just stemming from some insecurity with yourself and stuff like that, but it can be hard to just fully, you know, jump from one thing to the next with no hesitation, no fear. So, you know, being able to do that is absolutely amazing. And I loved your analogy too, with the divorce (laughs) and everything that was perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, when it came to my mind, I was like, okay, this actually perfectly kind of describes (laughs) what I'm trying to, what I'll try to explain. But I also think just like other, most people have their own responsibilities. Like I started, for example, like the influencer life and start, I started making money at a very young age while I was still in high school. And like at 17, I became financially independent. Right. And so like that matters a lot. So I was just always on my own in that sense, doing my own thing. And, and the idea of, um, so, so basically most people don't have that. Most people have their own responsibilities. They, maybe first have to get their degree and then do this and then do that. And then they're already tied to like a bazillion number of things after that. So it's hard to jump from one thing straight on to something else, but there are lots of people who do do that, right? It's not like it doesn't exist. Um, But yeah, most people definitely have that fear. And I'd say that's quite natural. Um, It's just some people have more fear than others. So I think it just comes down to that. Like it really comes down to kind of like DNA. Yeah, no, that makes total sense too, because uh, like you, well, I did go to college for two years and then I dropped out. But once I dropped out, I sort of, you know, all of those responsibilities of schoolwork, going to classes, like that was all gone. So, so then I was, then I got a full-time job to fill my time. But then Mm. sort of when the pandemic hit is when I started having some more free time. And I'm the type of person that like, I can't, just not do anything. Like, I feel like I need to be busy almost all the time, which Mm. I think is like a pro and a con. Like it can be a toxic trait at times too, because I don't always allow myself the time to just decompress. Mm. But I have noticed that, you know, I am filling my time more with like this podcast and, you know, taking on more hours at work and looking for more freelance opportunities and, you know, putting more time into my nutrition coaching. So I do totally see what you mean there. It's like almost like when the pandemic hit, I was almost forced to make certain transitions and go all in in certain areas that maybe I wouldn't have, you know, a few years ago. So yes, that does make total sense. But Mm -hmm. what areas have you noticed like the most personal growth within yourself since like first starting your career, sort of like fitness influencing and being on YouTube um, to now with Core Circle? Um, let's see. I mean, everything, honestly, like it's actually quite strange. I don't, whenever I look at pictures of myself back when I was like 18 or when I first like started off with all this, like I don't recognize myself first of all physically. Right. So I was like blonde, long hair. I did my fake tanning. So I was tan as well. Um, now I'm pale because I've embraced my natural kind of tone, skin tone. Um, short kind of dark hair, but that's just physical traits. Um, but no, overall, I just really have 
like transformed a lot, especially definitely internally. Um, well, a couple of things that I could mention is just, um, let's see, these are the types of things that I typically don't think about, but it's just like, when you reflect back on when you were, well, when you reflect back on, on how you were, I guess in the past, it's like, whoa, so much has changed in a short amount of time. Um, I think drive is different. Um, and I think right now my drive is different from when it used to be like right now it's, um, it's a very constant thing where I, I want to work and I want to also work on expanding myself personally. I think this is another thing like outside of startup stuff. Um, I try to expand myself in, in many other ways and environment matters a lot. Like I right now am in a very technical environment most of the people around me can code and are programmers. And I am not naturally non-technical. Like that never, that thought never really went into my head to, to, to learn how to code, for example, um, or to want to learn how to code. I always thought it was just like a thing that, you know, in the past, like this was me in high school, I thought like, why would I need to learn this? Like, it's just, it's, no. But um, yeah, because of that environment, I now spend some time, like I'm trying to learn Swift UI, which is a front-end programming language. It's the right. one that we use for Core Circle. So um, that, learning a lot about, um, what book am I reading right now? Uh, da, 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 something by Richard Dawkins. Oh, The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. So kind of more into biology. Um, and uh, oh, I think a big thing actually to answer, like a big difference from then versus now, is my kind of disattachment to a lot of things. I think back then I, I just attached myself to certain beliefs and ideologies, especially religion. Mm -hmm. And then it came, cause I used to be Catholic. Like I literally converted into that, into that religion. Um, and then there came a day where I just realized it was kind of all bullshit. And I just attached <laughs> myself from um, basically everything. So um, I, I don't get super emotional over things simply because of that. I just yeah. let go of things very well. Um, and I'm overall quite a logical person, which really helps in business because it focuses on the concrete versus like the feelings of things. So that's nice. <laughs> just as yeah. I've noticed. Um, but, oh yeah, just so much has changed. It's honestly a flip. Like I really don't recognize the person I used to be. It's like, when you, I feel like in my life, there has been a gradual improvement, like in, in, in uh, like over time, for example, when I was younger and in high school, I was in the fitness space, right? right. Like the fitness influencer industry, which is a much different space compared to where I am now. And then, um, a step, uh, a step above that after I just got more into the, um, entrepreneurship space and kind of that, like, silly self-improvement, you know, industry and like the grind and waking up at 5 a.m. I wasn't there for a little bit. And then my next stage was going into the tech industry and tech space. And that happened when I started Connectful. Um, and that was different because most people around me were much smarter than I was. Um, <laughs> and, and because they knew an industry that I didn't know. So it's always like in my life, I've noticed that, um, Every time I kind of grow, I am put in a new uncomfortable position. Um, I meet people who are much smarter than I am, who do different things than I do. And it naturally just pushes me so much. Yeah. Um, and I have the type of 
personality, I think that's like, well, hell, I mean, I have to get to the top. So it's like, whatever <laughs> it takes, really, I'll learn all this stuff if I need to. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's actually just natural when you're put into a kind of unknown environment. It's either you like work to get to the state of that environment, I guess, or I guess you, the other option would be just to be like, no, I don't, I'm scared. I don't want to. Right. Um, and then leave, I guess, um, out of feeling too uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I'm just very lucky, honestly, to be surrounded by really cool people that just naturally just through, just through their presence really push me. Yeah. And that's amazing. You know, exposing yourself to new worlds, new hobbies, maybe dabbling in some new careers, meeting new types of people is honestly, I think the best way to sort of work on personal growth in all aspects of your life, because, you know, when you are complacent and just doing the same thing all the time, you know, you're never going to actually grow. And it is amazing to sort of reflect on yourself, you know, from so long ago. And oftentimes you don't even realize how much I think you've grown until Mm -hmm. you actually sit down and think about it. Because like you said, like, I don't recognize myself, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was 18 years old and I remember watching you on YouTube, like before you even (laughs) knew who I was. So like, I have like firsthand seen your personal growth as well. Um, maybe even more than you're able to notice, like within yourself, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but I would, yeah, but I would like to transition to talk a little bit more about core circle because that's definitely your current baby and sort of where all of the attention is at the moment. Um, but I'd like to know sort of what is your why behind starting the app? Like what sort of got that idea in your head that sort of this was, a gap in the market, so to speak. Mm, yeah. So, uh, this was back in February of last year. I was working on Connectful at the time, and things just were not working. I think it was about a year or so into me, well off into Connectful. It's definitely we've already been launched for about like the four months or so, and the metrics just were not there. Like we had a high churn rate, meaning a lot of people left our app. They weren't sticking to the app. Um, And I was pouring in so much money into this project. And it's like, I came to a point of asking myself like, well, for what? It's like the metrics don't show that this can turn out to be a successful thing. Um, And I was kind of discouraged there. Um, And for a long time, I was like, I can't think these thoughts. I need to be positive. I need to keep manifesting my uh, (laughs) uh, connectful success, right? Um, And then it just took one thought like I just disattached from the idea of this, of this, uh, I just disattached from the kind of pursuit of, or, or this false hope that this should work, this needs to work. And then I thought like, well, maybe this just doesn't work and I should move on to something else, which is really hard to do when it comes to something like your baby, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, you don't want to think those things and you think you should be thinking about how successful it will become and trying to manifest it. But sometimes it literally just isn't in your cards. Yes. So anyway, a couple of days after I had the thought of, well, maybe this just isn't going to work. I've been spending so much money on this, yada, yada. And that's when I had a conversation with my dad and uh, told him all of this. And he just said, you know, why don't you create a fitness app? And I thought that was like disrespectful. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the next thought I had in my head 
was, uh, oh my God, a social fitness app, you know, cause just like a regular fitness app is, is, is boring, is outdated, mm-hmm. but there's thousands of graveyard apps that are just strictly utility, um, with fitness. And, uh, but I knew a concept like social fitness, right. Layering on the social elements of what fitness is, um, would work naturally. And, uh, it just kind of felt like a full circle moment. A lot of the things that I knew just came to me and all of a sudden it just immediately when I had that idea of social fitness, it just literally felt like Cinderella putting on her glass slipper. It's just an idea that felt right that I knew would have that traction and that would have the the retention. So I went home and I started Google docking everything out and the original concept, and which is still true to be the concept today, except we've added more layers and features on top of it, is uh, you create a workout and you post it for your friends and followers to see. So originally, actually, I wanted it to be more of like a friends thing. Um, but, you know, once Core Circle launched and we saw the metrics, I found out that most people don't know each other on Core Circle. Like they're, you know, most people are commenting under new people's posts, not right. the friends post, even though that happens, but like majority it's, uh, it's new people. And anyway, just the, the concept of you create a workout and you post it for your friends and followers to see was something I knew deep inside that I would just work simply because like, we're just, we're social and uh, fitness is inherently social. And there were no apps out there that really did a good job of, um, showcasing that social element in the product right? Like for us, it's actually baked into the user's experience. Um, It's not just like a separate feed. It's baked into creating a workout, right? In order to post your workout or create a workout, like people will see it. It's, it's public unless you Mm -hmm. make it private, right? They go hand in hand and you could click on the workout and see what the other user did. So it's not private in that sense. Um, And people are sharing, And so anyway, that was one side of it. And another side of it, of course, when we did our user feedback before we um, started working on the app or while we were working on the app, actually, I found that most people just use the notes app to track their workouts. Like it was literally most of the people, which was dozens and hundreds of people I spoke with, um, the answer was notes app, right? And I've done that before. I knew it didn't work. And I knew like it just wasn't a, a effective solution. Um, and a good place to track workouts. And so the mixture of that and fitness being social, but that was not captured yet by the app store market was just like um, an idea I thought would be good. And then when we launched Core Circle into private beta, into test flight, um, you were there for that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the retention was just there from the on start. We had very high retention, meaning people were staying into the app. It was interesting because the first week we launched, I was like, wow, people are actually coming back into the app. Yeah. Um, I think it's because of those social reasons. Like you could see other people in the app, what they're doing, where they are. Whereas if it was just one, if it was just private, right. I create a workout and I post it. Nobody sees and nobody cares. We wouldn't have as high of retention as we currently do. So anyways, on that week, the weekend came and um, I checked the metrics out on the weekend And I was like, why are people leaving? Oh my God, I knew this was too good to be true. I was like, okay, I knew it. I knew it. This wasn't going to work. It was just kind of like those those thoughts. 
And then Monday and Tuesday came around and then our metrics got high again. Yeah. Uh, like it was kind of like this weird smile curve. Um, like they, they left during the weekend and they came back on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I realized it was because a lot of people don't work out on the weekends. They yeah. take it off. And so I was like, ah, okay, cool. I thought what well, we had just like people <laughs> stopped liking it, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they came back. So it was a very happy moment. I was like, okay, we have something here. This is, this is going to work. Yeah, no, it's such a great idea. And honestly, like seeing the growth just within the app, like from beta testing, sort of like the bare bone skeleton to just growing yeah. and putting feature on top of feature and, you know, revisions based on user feedback and just seeing it like come into what it is today is honestly amazing. Like for me to watch just sort of that whole process, yeah. but like personally for me, I love the app one. I think it helps keep me more consistent because I know that, you know, people are seeing my posts. So I think it's sort mm -hmm. of just like an internal thing. Like, even though I know people aren't like looking out for my posts specifically, I'm like, Oh, like people are going to see this when I post. So I got to get that workout in today. You know, maybe I wasn't feeling like it, but yeah. I want to get it posted on core circle. Yeah. Um, but also just for the tracking aspect, because before the app, I never tracked my workouts, not even in the notes app. <laughs> me too, me too, me too. Yeah. Most of the time, same here. It was just in my head. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've been working out for like five plus years, but I never hmm. really knew if I was making progress or that I was getting stronger or anything because I never really paid close attention to even, exactly. you know, the weights I was lifting. I would just go in the gym, do my thing and, yes. and leave. And half the time it was the same exact workout, same exact weights every single time. So yeah. probably half of that time I was working out, I wasn't even making <laughs> a lot of progress, but yes. now I'm able to actually see it and see, okay, my last workout on this exercise, I used, you know, 85 pounds. So maybe right. today I'm going to use 90. And I've noticed like just progress within myself with the app as well. So I personally love it. And I know I've like briefly talked about it even in past podcast episodes. So I truly recommend it to like everyone, especially beginners, I think, yes. because you can sort of look at other people's exercises to gain inspiration and go into the gym with a plan, which I think yeah. is so helpful for beginner and non-beginner. Yes, agreed. And we are building out the discoverability feature, which I think I sent you, yeah, I sent you and Dylan um, the pictures of how that looks. And that's going to be a feature that I think will really help beginners because like right now, when you go into the app, let's say that I'm looking for a 45 minute lower body workout that focuses on the glutes. I can't find that really. There's, right. there's no workout filter that I could use to find my desired result or desired search results. And so, yeah, that's the feature we're currently working on right now. And I hope, I, I mean, I think it will do just really well simply because we've been getting requested a feature like that yes. for quite some time. Like even since the dawn of core circles time, <laughs> it's been like better discoverability. And I don't know why it has hit me. So it, it hit me so late to, to add a feature like this. So anyway, I'm excited for it because it's going to be like the workouts, for example, that are going to be shown on the discoverability feature are created by our users. Mm -hmm. They're not pre-made workouts. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic works on a larger scale um, like with this discoverability feature in terms of like our users kind of becoming like creators in a sense, like I am curious to see that part. Um, like, I think there's going to be a cool creator versus beginner dynamic where the beginners, uh, feed off of the workouts from our users. And then our users might feel 
more incentivized to create more workouts, I guess, for those beginners. Um, because it always feels nice when you get a notification on core circle that says, Sally Sue completed your workout, your yes. workout is popular, <laughs> right? So it means a lot to people, to somebody like me, who's just like used to these kind of little, yeah. actually, I, I still, I still, I check my notifications and I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Um, so, but I can only imagine the feeling that somebody else gets when that, that doesn't regularly happen to them. Yeah. Um, but yes, to your point earlier, Core Circle definitely had its own personal growth transformation. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think that new feature is going to be a hit, honestly, on like both sides of the spectrum for both creators and beginners. And I'm excited to see sort of how, you know, it continues to progress even over the years because, you know, you're really great at taking the feedback from other people and constantly improving, which is great in itself. Yeah, I, I think I was better in the past, honestly, especially when we were like in our beta stages, I was constantly getting the feedback. Now it's like when more things pile up on your plate, it's like, for example, like I haven't been active inside of our Instagram, but I used to be every single day for multiple times a day. So mm -hmm. it's actually something I do should improve, do need to improve getting more feedback from users. Like I actually wrote down that I need to, uh, give you the list of users to, to reach out to for feedback, but I haven't done that just yet. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's not something that has been top, top, top priority, but it's still something that's like for any startup founder, getting feedback from your users is certainly one of the most important jobs, most important things you could do just for the sake of your startup. Like I have uh, learned a lot of insights from just reaching out to people and asking them like, like, why haven't you been active or like, you only completed one workout. Why was that? Was it tedious? Like what happened there? Um, I learn a lot of things typically through their answers. So it's just, yeah, very recommended to any founder to do something like that. Absolutely. I mean, that's obviously where you can get the most insight is from the people, your actual consumers. So that is yes. definitely, you know, the best, I think, route to that I've seen, you know, getting a lot of information um, from people yeah. and feedback just in the DMs. Um, You're actually going to be having a Core Circle event in LA later this year, or not this year, this month. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So we are co-hosting a fairly large fitness event in LA on July 30th, um, going to be about 200 people or so. It's going to be like a full, full, fully fledged event with food provided speakers like Brett Contreras will have an influencer panel as well. Um, some of the people were still confirming, but they're pretty well known in the fitness space. Um, our sponsors include EHP Labs and Gymshark, which is really freaking cool. I just yes. reached out to EHP Labs about a month ago, asking them if they would be interested in helping us out, not helping us out, but just having their own supplements there. And so that happened. Elizabeth, the um, founder of Girl Games, she's the one we're co-hosting this event with. She is the one who is very close with Gymshark. And so she's kind of handling that side of things. And we've partnered with each other to, to put on a really cool event for both of our brands. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't have expertise in event planning, but it's like, how hard can it be? There's just <laughs> a lot of things that involve it. 
a lot of things that I would rather spend my time doing like other things. Like for example, finding, um, even venues, actually, no venues, it's, it's a big deal. So it's like something I'd want to be in charge of right, but like right now, for example, I'm in charge of social media graphics and like hiring somebody for that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to be spending my time <laughs> on this, but it's whatever. It's part of the process. And I think I'm at this point right now where these things I cannot delegate fully to someone yet yeah. just because of how important this fitness event is. So I need to make sure that everything is right. And also resources matter a lot too. Like if, if core circle was a very well-funded startup and had millions in the bank account, then of course I'd be hiring and delegating more, right. but it's just not at this stage right now. We have raised two angel rounds, which is really, really cool. Basically I mean, it's just, we just raised a little bit of money from angel investors. Um, so not like venture capitalists, not that crazy, but uh, angel investors. And so I'm really happy we got that done. That's another thing that's much different from when I was at 18 years old. Like actually, even at 20, I had no idea what VCs, you know, venture capitalists even were and angel investors and all of that, because I've been in the land of bootstrapping my businesses, which is basically like using its own mm -hmm. revenue and fueling it back into your company. I never took any external capital from investors, never knew of that world, really. My parents aren't connected in that space at all. And so, um, yeah, so slowly when I started getting into the tech space, um, I started realizing people like this existed and that many startup companies go out to seek to get funded, right. By, by external kind of like investors. Um, so that's another thing. Cause that requires pitching your start, actually like removing pitching your startup that requires you to know investors in the first place. Yeah. And most of them do not reply to cold emails. And, uh, so that's another thing too. It's just like network wise, it, uh, it, it grows over time. But in the very beginning, I had zero network in this, in the current space I am in. And so a lot of investor conversations typically happen through warm intros. You get intro, like a founder mm -hmm. or somebody like that intros you to a venture capitalist or investor. Um, and then you kind of go into the pitch which I realized you're not actually, you shouldn't be actually pitching your startup to an investor. It should be more like a conversation. Anyway, there are certain dynamics in the space that really matter um, that most people like going into, you know, I guess entrepreneurship or, or this kind of tech world do not know like myself. And I wish there was somebody who could like, you know, tell me all of this in advance, but it just didn't happen. So I had to learn a lot myself. Um, and so, yeah, back to the beginning thing. Shoot, what, what was I talking about right before the investors? I kind of went off on a tangent. It's okay. We started off uh, talking about the LA event and then- oh, yes. oh my God, how did I get from the LA event to this? It's okay. okay. It's all great information. Okay. I love it. Anyways, yes, yes, yes. So we're hosting, co-hosting a very cool event um, and I'm in charge of a lot of things and I'm very excited to see it all happen on July 30th. Yes, I'm so excited too. It's going to be an epic event and the tickets actually go on sale tomorrow, correct? Yes, should they should, yes. Okay, okay. Well, tomorrow, this probably won't be released till Monday. So they should already be available um, when you're listening to this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, very last question. Yeah. Um, just sort of brief. Um, what advice might you have for a young female looking to follow their dreams, maybe either in the content creation world or the business world? Oof. Um, honestly, this is, a, this, is, this is related to the question, but me having a lot of experience with content creation, like made me 
pretty good at marketing or mm-hmm. at modern day marketing. Yes. Um, so that plays a big role, I think, into business because uh, for a startup, for any business, there's two things that I think matter most, like having a really good product. Like this is why Combinators, why Combinator, for those who don't know, is a very well-known accelerator in the Silicon Valley. Um, basically, they give you like a certain amount of money and they take a certain amount of equity but it's quite a, um, like if you get uh, accepted to Y Combinator, it's quite a big kind of like credibility thing. Anyways, um, so they're kind of uh, not slang. What's the right word? They're like, uh, the phrase that they use is, or their motto is build something people want. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of thing, a lot of people in entrepreneurship just like, you know, build something that people actually don't end up wanting. And that's where the importance of getting user feedback is because a lot of the time founders are like, they have an idea of something. This, this happens a lot and this happened to me. And they, they think of an idea and are like, oh my God, everybody is going to want to purchase my product or use my product. Yeah. And in a year, I'm going to become a billionaire. <laughs> and so then they find out very shortly after that product is launched that actually people don't want to use this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much of a utility to them, doesn't change your lives, it's not solving a deeper problem. And so um, that is important to, and that goes into kind of like getting user feedback. Um, so, so, so there's that. Sorry, what was the original question? I went off on a tangent again. It's I okay. have short-term memory. Well, you answered it. Um, it was advice you might have for a young female sort of just looking to um, get into the business world or follow their dreams. Okay, but I, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I first originally talked about like content creation and the marketing side of things. Yes. So, oh, okay, no, I didn't finish my thought. Sorry, <laughs> whenever I like don't get enough sleep, my short-term memory just becomes <laughs> terrible. Okay, back to the original thing. So there's two things that founders, you know, th- th- that builds a good startup. One is building a product people want, mm-hmm. building a product that actually solves a problem. And the second thing is distribution, right? Because you cannot grow if there are people who, if, if people don't know about your product. And that's where marketing and social media come to play, right? And so that's with us, for example, one thing that we did do in the past was like influencer partnerships, right? That is, is marketing, that's influencer marketing in itself. And so that helps massively to distribute one's product out into kind of the market. Um, so those two things are very important and that's what like content creation really helped me with. Um, but I think some general advice per se, I mean, I wish I had, I wish I understood this in the very beginning, but there are pros and cons of content creation um, and, 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 and being a creator in itself. There's, there's so many. Um, and I would say, especially to females, like safety is very important. Like never give out your address. I, I would not give out the address or just like where you really are. I'd keep that hidden as much as possible because there are creepy people in this world, unfortunately. And I've experienced mm-hmm. a fair share of them and it is really, really ass. Um, it is not, it's not a good experience. Um, and so I'd also really think about the type of content you want to post and you want to be known for posting because the content I posted when I was 17 years old, for example, is much different from what I post now. Right. I was very much into showing off the physique and doing all of that simply because the people I looked up to did that. So mm-hmm. I just emulated what they did. I was very incredibly naive. Um, and so I would really think about the type of content you personally want to post. Um, 
I also just think being a creator is like difficult because like you just get so attached to the numbers. It all becomes a, like a, a vanity thing, right? How many likes did I get? Who's commenting? How many views is this going to get? And the type of content that typically does better might not be the type of content that you want to necessarily post. And so anyways, you just get attached to the numbers and um, it might become like a draining game to play simply because especially like a platform like Instagram that popped off years ago, it's no longer popping off now. So the engagement that people get is much lower compared to where it was, let's say years ago. I feel like most social media platforms have this like five-ish year uh, kind of timeline. But of course, these social media platforms are always like rebranding themselves or rebranding their product. Like YouTube now is much different from YouTube in the past. Like they have oh, YouTube yeah. <laughs> and all those types of things, right? Like we have TikTok now um, and Instagram is doing, is, is being Instagram and constantly revamping <laughs> and trying out new things. Of course, Mark Zuckerberg needs to be at the top. Um, <laughs> hey, makes sense. I, I mean, I, I would do the same. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I would basically just, just, uh, try to avoid getting attached as much as possible simply because it's like your metrics will never be the same and it might be like a roller coaster and you don't want that to affect your fulfillment in life so that's the content creation side of things the business side of things oh my lord oh yeah like build a product people want kind of general advice seek out a lot of user feedback i would definitely read a couple of books about this uh, about entrepreneurship too because they help especially if you don't have like the people around you yeah. A good book is a zero to one by Peter Thiel. Um, Peter Thiel is one of the co-founders of PayPal and okay. a very, very successful man. Um, so he knows firsthand startups um, and building something people want or building something truly different. So that's what that book is about. Um, I remember when I first started Connectful, I bought the book of, um, I think it's called How to Build a Billion Dollar App by George Burkowski. That one helped a lot. Um, another thing that will help is being kind of like an expert in your field, not saying I'm a fitness expert, but I have a lot of experience in this space. Like before starting core circle, I've already had five or six years of experience in the fitness space as a consumer, as a creator, also actually as an entrepreneur, cause I had nasty fit right. and um, a couple of other things. This helps drastically. Like this helps very much. Um, because when I was starting Connectful, I didn't have any experience in the networking space. Like this right. is just something that I really knew, but like with Core Circle, it's a day and night difference because a lot of the features that we build, like come just very intuitively to me. Um, so anyways, yeah, those are some of the things I'd recommend. Yeah, no, they're great. And like you said, I think it is important to also, you know, not get too wrapped up in numbers and everything like that. It's important to keep that passion, I think, alive and remembering your why of starting it in the first place and not getting too wrapped up in, you know, metrics and everything. But I mean, obviously using metrics as sort of information to what's working, what's not, but also, you know, keeping that passion alive as well. But yeah, I love that advice. Great advice. Um, It's difficult. Like literally being a startup founder is not easy. Um, And especially if you want your business to grow, like in in being in growth stage, it requires like, first of all, it requires something called product market fit. Mm -hmm. Um, PMF is what it stands for, for short. And product market fit basically is like, okay, there's a fit with your product and the market, right? That means people want what you're trying to build. Uh, what you're building, what you're selling, what service you have, so on and so forth. Um, and typically when the product market fit happens, 
it happens big. Like, you know, it's not something that you're guessing. And that's something like with core circle, it's like, oh, I don't know if we have actually like product market fit just yet. Like when you know, it typically you have a high surge of growth. Like think Instagram in the early days, like them getting like millions of users in the span of like what weeks, months, right? Yeah. Like a, just a, a huge demand of people trying to use the product. Um, Clubhouse, for example, had that. Like mm-hmm. I remember you were on Clubhouse. For yeah. the, um, <laughs> I, I remember that in 2020. Um, Clubhouse is a very good example of a product that had I guess PMF yeah Um, and and yeah people just like surged to their platform everybody wanted to kind of use Clubhouse so yeah uh but it's really difficult to be honest very 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 difficult like yeah building a business there's just so much that involved that that gets involved and I really do not think it's for everybody and Mm -hmm. um but I think a part of the reason why a lot of there are not a lot more of female founders or female entrepreneurs in the space is simply because like it requires a certain type of like personality trait. Like for example, being more aggressive, uh, being a leader, like all of these things, kind of putting emotions to the side and being like logical, right? Those are a lot of traits that men have naturally, the aggression, the dominance. And a lot of women just by nature, biologically don't have those certain like things, um, which is why, you know, certain genders go into certain jobs just because it just fits their biological nature. And so, yeah, being a startup founder, I think is, um, requires a lot of things that just, um, some women just might not naturally have, but I do think that definitely things can be built and added over time. If that person wants it to happen and like, I guess, puts in the work, right. Anyway, that's the last thing I will say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And yeah, that's something I honestly haven't even thought about, like the biological sort of components that go behind that something I haven't really actually thought about until now. So yeah, that is interesting. It makes a lot of sense, but yeah, yeah, if it's something you really want to do, obviously you can, you know, practice those things to help improve it. Um, but some people are just born, born that way. And other people have to work a little bit harder, I think is sort of the main story there. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, This is true. But okay. So where can people find you and core circle on socials? Core circle, social media. I think we're just mostly active. Okay. Active on uh, Instagram and TikTok. I recently started, I posted my TikTok after my little, like, I haven't been posting for like two weeks on there. So uh, Instagram is like core circle app. Yep. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have just the full username, unfortunately. And TikTok is just core circle. Uh, my personal social is at Nastasia Panamarenko on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I'll leave those like in the description box or the show notes so everyone can look at that. And thank you so much for coming on. It was honestly such an amazing conversation and your passion honestly like is conveyed even through audio. So I think, you know, that's amazing. And I, again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Um, I always love talking to you. So this is nice. Of course. Thank you. All right. See you soon. Talk soon. Bye. (laughs)